whether it's like social media, whether it's Twitter, whether it's, um, you know, content sharing, like there's so many different areas where our sexual selves are being actively held back by technology. Hello, everyone. I'm SX Noir, and this is the Thought Leader Podcast. With industry thought leaders, this podcast aims to demystify and destigmatize topics in sex, culture, and technology. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. The opinions expressed by the guests of Thought Leader Podcast are their own. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm doing really, really well. Um, you know, enjoying this sweltering New York City summer day. And yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Yes, air conditioning as we can know, work a little bit better, but yeah. I know. I, my air conditioner is so loud. Um, as noted in this podcast, we are recorded in New York City. So if you hear some beautiful ambient background noise, that is just what we're dealing with here, okay? Totally. So go ahead and introduce yourself and yeah. give us a little insight on your background and what, what brought you here. Yeah, totally. Um, so my name is Stephen Quatterer. Um, he, him are my pronouns. Um, I identify as gay and pansexual. I'm a cis man. Um, my background, so I've been in the sex tech space for, I guess, at least in theory, almost three, two and a half years now. Um, but what, what brought me to the space, you know, so like my background, I studied, I actually studied finance in undergrad. Um, okay. And I worked, I worked in banking for a couple of years and I really realized that that, you know, for a whole lot of reasons was not the right space for me. I needed to do something that really aligned with like what spoke to me inside. Um, I transitioned into the technology space. Um, I worked at a company called AppNexus. I helped them grow, helped to get them to an exit. And then I went off and did my own thing for a while. Um, and, you know, did, was not in the sex space for a little while after that. It took another maybe like two years. Um, but yeah, I was, I was really, I think, fundamentally pretty called to um, the sex and sexuality space because of kind of my, my upbringing and, and, and background in childhood and, and how yeah. that intersected with who I, who I ultimately have become. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's funny. Um, all of my guests and everyone didn't even like initially start off in the sex industry. I think that's pretty funny. The sex and tech industry. Most people feel inspired by something in their real life or something they've gone through or or just a problem that they want to solve in the sex space. And then they go into a technological way to solve that. So so what was your inspiration to get into? Um, tell us more about hetero and what, what you're working on. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll tell you really quickly. Um, so Hetero is the app for oral. So I'll kind of just yes. I'll, I'll I'll put that there. I'll put that out there. It's for everyone who's down with oral pleasure. Um, my why for coming to the sex space. You know, I was raised Catholic, and that has a very specific perspective on sex and sexuality. And coming out as a gay man, um, I recognized that you know it was a difficult process to come out as it is for many. And for me, what it awakened in me was the knowledge that like sex is this wonderful, uplifting, beautiful thing, right? Really fundamentally, I think there's nothing quite like it. Uh, it's, it's really spiritual in, in a very real sense. Um, and the juxtaposition of that to kind of that upbringing that I had, which aligns to the dominant narrative around sex, right? That dominant narrative being, and I know you know this very, very well, is, is stigma, right? And that's all about power. And that's all about control. It's not about, um, 
any moral good or any any you know um, you know absolute truth. Like no, it's not. It's not about that at all. It's about controlling us, um, yeah. and it's really negative. I think for everyone, even those that are in control, it is fucking negative for. Pardon my French. Um, <laughs> Oh, you can discuss on this podcast. Okay. All right. Good. This is a, this is a very mature podcast. All right. Sweet. Okay. Viewer discretion advice. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, that was that, that, that kind of rattled around in my brain since really since I came out and frankly earlier, because I, I never felt like that, that stigma based grounding made any sense. Um, and, you know, so that, that kind of like, you know, drove my interest in the space. Um, and so that's what we do with my, the company you know, thought experiment would create platforms for sexual liberation that are grounded in consent and safety. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's a real simple, very simple foundation, not easy to achieve, but like, it's a simple premise. And I kind of like that. Um, and then our first platform hetero, the app for oral, um, you know, I, I kind of approach this space, you know, being a gay man and actually identifies gay and pansexual, right. Um, which is a little bit, I know it's like a logical contradiction, but it is kind of, true to who I am, you know, like, yeah, like, like, yeah, you know, I think labels are important so long as you put them on yourself and they're problematic if where they're placed on you. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, you know, being gay and pansexual, I use all the various hookup apps. I use all the various like dating apps, et cetera. And the way, particularly in the gay space, the apps sort of evolved is you kind of had grinder that set the original mold. And then you had a lot of apps that took that same concept and really like everything about it, like the way the app functions. And they just kind of like uh, created a differentiation based on different uh, identity types. So you have like grinder for bears and grinder for guys with beards and like you name it, um, you've got something for every identity group that exists. And like, I get why they did that. But I think what it's fundamentally done is it's really stratified the community. Unfortunately, that's like an unfortunate necessary side effect of that lens. And so the big aha moment for me was to flip that. And instead of focusing on a specific identity, focus on a specific desire, because that's fundamentally more inclusive. So I love the concept of hetero. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And so what I want to get more into is the difference between hetero, like a, you kind of talked about some hookup apps before, like yeah. to my understanding, Grindr is a hookup app, right? Yeah. Or it's like primarily a hookup app. I've heard some crazy things about Grindr. I can't even get into it. My friends have told me some crazy shit. Um, and so the difference between like a, a hookup app and a dating app, like how do you, how do you define that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, what, what we've tried to do is kind of like create a space to connect people on the basis of, of that shared desire and then allow for people to go at the speed that feels comfortable to them. I think that there is this really interesting kind of like split in the world. And it is, it's really fascinating to me because it is split between like um, apps that are targeted to queer communities predominantly like gay men and then kind of like apps for everyone else. Um, and what I'd say is like apps for everyone else really they very consciously put themselves in like, okay, we're here for dating, right? Um, and I can get, I understand why, but that can be really difficult just to connect on the basis of like, hey, I, I'm looking for someone where there is some sexual chemistry, even if the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to go on a date together. Like, that's totally fine. But like, I want to I wanna understand that there's like sexual compatibility here. So we really, we spend a lot of time trying to think about, well, how do we um, 
create a space that can be comfortable for really everyone, right? People who are used to using kind of like the gay hookup apps, people that are used to using, you know, the dating apps, like how can we create like a third path here? And I think that fundamentally for me, I, you know, the way that we went about that, and it's an abstract sense, but it's an important one, is, you know, we asked the question, like, oh, other people have tried to make hookup apps that are for like the the, the straight community. Um, you know, I don't love those labels, but like, you know, I think it, it conveys the thought process, right? Um, and it's really um, like Dan Savage has a whole bit about this. And really what it boils down to is like, women don't say, feel safe on those platforms. Women feel stigmatized for using those platforms. Right. Like that's at the at the very like philosophical, but also very real level. Right. Like that's um, that was the problem. And so we had to think about, well, how do we how do we create a space that connects people on the basis for desire while while working around and really like centering those two things? Um, and so we spent about a year literally from this, the idea in my mind to starting to do development work. And that year was spent talking to people and going through design iteration after iteration after iteration. But well, how do we, how do we solve this? You know, how do we solve this problem? And like, it's great. You know, I, I had some amazing, amazing feedback sessions. I had one with a, uh, with a trans man who was like, you know, for a different aspect of what we were doing, which is around kind of like connecting people on the basis of gender identity was like, Hey, I, I like what you're trying to do, but you got it wrong. And just read, mm. read, you know, read what we did to filth. And it was, you know, yeah. it was great. And it totally reset the way that we went about it um, in a way that I'm really proud of. And I'm so thankful for that 30 minutes where this guy was sitting there fucking smoking on a vape pen and just being like this, 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 this. Um, and it just totally put us back to the drawing board on that component. Um, but yeah, so uh, dating apps, hookup apps, you know, I think for us, the way that we we do that is, you know, we've created a different way to connect people. So it is on the basis of, you know, who's kind of nearby, but we kind of, we, we try to make that safer than like the grinder grid. Um, so it shows you people who are nearby in groups of 10 and then it randomizes kind of that person's look, you know, yeah. everyone's location within that. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is we allow for people to message right away. Um, but to the extent that you do message someone, they can rate that interaction on the basis of our core guidelines inclusivity, sex positivity, enthusiastic consent. And then that rating feature that lives on on each of our profiles and the thought process there is really kind of like twofold. It's one, to create a signal that the community can maintain because community is, that's one of our values. Community is, is, is our answer. Um, and then two, it also creates a positive incentive structure, right? Because you have a one to five rating on these values that really matter to us as a community. So, um, you know, you, the hope is that you bring your best self to that interaction, um, and which, which, you know, helps to solve for a lot of the negativity that particularly we see on like the gay hook. So it's just become a very, very negative space. And I think that there's, there's no reason for that. Sex is this wonderful, joyful thing. It shouldn't be a negative experience. Yeah. I really appreciate that community, uh, community accountability aspect, because when you get on these other apps, like, Bumble or Tinder or Hinge, you know, there's no way on the back end or the front end to 
size up someone's uh, credibility, right? Yeah. Like these are essentially strangers. And so when you add that that rating element to this app, you know, that's a technological component that you have um, built into your platform. You're kind of like, not saying that someone's safe. We can't guarantee safety, exactly. but we can guarantee like as a harm reduction, like, hey, uh, this person has had pleasant conversations with people over and over and over um, and walking into it with the space that this is a hookup app. You know, people do want to have sex, but that doesn't mean you don't have to have respect. You know, I think that like I that is what's lacking on these other apps for me is this idea of designed in respect. Um, And so, yeah, I I just like a lot of these apps are out here, you know, to make a lot of money. And I noticed that, you know, your application, it it doesn't require you to pay for anything, to my understanding. Um, And I think that also the other thing is that these profiles are real. Like I got on and like everyone that I kind of saw or like touched on their profile, whatever, they had messaged me and said, hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Uh, So I thought that was really cool that it was like immediate interactions with people. um, And and a lot of people's profiles were honest and they weren't superficial. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I I appreciate that um, very much. And for me, you know, the reason that we very much tried to create the app and make it accessible. We also, it's a data safe and privacy safe space. We don't sell our members data. You're not seeing a lot of ads on the platform. What what you will see over time is people who are platform aligned um, can tell there our community about them and they'll tell their community about us. But yeah, very much um, the pricing and the way that we've gone about it is, is community aligned. And for me, what community means is it's a space, it's a, it's a group where we mutually enrich each other, right? That to me is like the definition. I help you and I'm better for it. And that is a very powerful dynamic. And that's very different than um, not to use, you know, a very simple framing, but capitalism, right? Capitalism is all about extraction, right? Um, and so you see in a lot of other platforms, you know, they extract every last penny and that's typically done through selling everyone's data. Like, I'm sorry, but that's the truth. And um, that is both a shitty thing to do. It is not good for the community. And it is also, I think, why all these platforms have a short shelf life because they start to suck really fast. So. You know, we're trying to make some decisions um, that are the right thing to do, long-term healthy for the platform, long-term enable us to, yeah, at some point, hopefully we're we're covering all our costs. You know, we're not quite there yet, but you know, at some point we get there. Um, but yeah, do that in a, in a fair way. Um, and then, yeah, tell people about other platforms that maybe we launch and then, you know, people pay a fair exchange for, for those. And, and we kind of all, we all come out ahead is really the core kind of like concept for what we're trying to do from like a pricing standpoint. Yeah, I find like, so how did you get, how do you go out and get funding when it's such a taboo, like meeting someone online for sex. Now this is the golden age of that, right? Right. We've had, we've had Tinder for like, I think at least 10 years now or like something like that. We've had Grindr for a very long time. We've had these hookup apps for a long time. So it's not crazy for you to say, oh, I met my partner or I met my husband on OkCupid or Field or something like that, right? Like it's very less taboo than it was. Um, I remember that was my first um, access to dating was Tinder. Like when I was 18, I got on Tinder which is a whole nother, I don't advise that. But when I was 18, I got on Tinder. And so, oh my gosh, yeah, that's, anyway. So, so how, how the hell did you get funding? How do you, how do you market yourself? Yeah, so, you know, I went out, you know, my first round, you know, it was 
look, I'll be honest, it's been pretty, it's been pretty bare bones. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're going kind of like step by step. Um, you know, the first round was people who I knew it was my network. It was predominantly people in the queer space that kind of like mm -hmm. were, you know, working professionals for many years, had a little bit of a nest egg and they trusted me with it, you know? And so we went out and we raised funds in that way. At this point, I'm really focused on raising funds within the angel community. Um, mm -hmm. You know, people who understand and see the value in the why of what we're doing and understand that doing that and doing it in a way that is community focused, community oriented is the long term right strategy. It is also the right thing to do. So I'm having a lot of those conversations. I've had some conversations with folks in the VC space. I think, you know, it's not it's not a primary target for me for for a couple of reasons. I think that it's really hard for them to get it. It is very much like that is it, you know the the frame of reference there. But let's call it what it is. It's 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 like white straight cis men, you know. And so like you know, while I think that this product will help them as anyone else, right? Like I think that sexual liberation it's a cause for everyone. Um, it's an uphill conversation. And then of, of course a lot of VCs have like vice clauses written in. Um, and we'll trip that vice clause. I'm like, and I have this conversation. I always, when I'm told that, I say, okay, I appreciate you sharing that with me and sharing it with me like upfront so we don't waste each other's time. But I have an ask of you. Can you over time seek to change that? Because I want you to know that it is actively harmful. It's preventing um, growth for us societally and personally. So yeah, I, I, the short answer is having conversations with um, with people who um, you know have some capital that um, that really are, are seeking to uh, to use that in a way that advances a broader why. Yeah, I I, I just know that the the sex tech industry is so cutthroat when it comes to funding. Yeah. Everyone is fighting for their lives when it comes to funding, and this is everything from sex education, uh, dating apps. Um, um, sex toys, things like that, because a lot of these VCs, they have, like you said, they have vice clause. So vice clause is anything around like gambling, anything around sex, anything around like, you know, alcohol or tobacco, things of that yeah. nature that are tobacco that are considered high risk. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so much alcohol, but tobacco for sure that are considered high risk or some element of, of shame, of stigma mm -hmm. that typically is attached to morality. Mm -hmm. um, so you get these morality judgments rather than like, what's going to actually make you, this is going to make you some actual money if you yeah. invest in it. Totally. Uh, so I, I find that really interesting. And so something that we also touched on before is this element of bringing this digital sex positive space into actual real life yeah. and i'm also a big big believer of that of like i love digital spaces it's my favorite but i'm also such a supporter of in real life things so that we can look at each other and connect on a mutual basis now i don't so when you have your events is it just a bunch of people having oral sex or what's going on tell me yeah so historically we <laughs> historically it's been um you know, we didn't have our own event series. So I kind of went to existing events and we would like help to sponsor, help offset their costs, tell the hetero members like, hey, there's this really cool thing that's happening. Come join us. Um, and so that's really historically been the way that we've gone with events. And what I've seen with it is there's a there's a strong resonance. You know, there's such a strong resonance for people to be in those spaces. And, you know, I think, yeah, at the end of the day, we are organic beings, right? Like we're biological creatures, you know, like it's good for us to be around each other 
And I think, I think that that's a really powerful way for us to move beyond stigma because there's like, I don't know, I think it's just something like deep in our, you know, being evolved beings on this planet where we see another evolved being being like, yeah, this is okay. You know, if we're, if we're consenting and we're being safe, then like, please go ahead and tell me your story. Tell me what you're interested in. And I think that doing that in real life is a very powerful, um, um, avenue of liberation, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think that's super, super sick. Uh, I, um, wanted to talk more about as well like have you used the app yourself i definitely i definitely have. yes you definitely have yeah yeah uh totally um you know and i disclose disclosure is important right um yes i'm the founder of the app um not to i don't want to like hype myself up but i do feel like it's important to like tell people right um so I, i do do that um and then yeah i mean i love oral pleasure, right? Like this, this allows for me to connect with people in a way that I frankly know that I cannot find on on other apps. So, you know, for instance, you know, you can set in the app if you're eager to please or eager to be pleased. Um, That's very like, you know, very, you know, needed for an oral sex, right? Exactly. And for me, like, I like to please, like, that's my, that is my 100%, which, you know, like, making my partner like, taking them to new heights of pleasure, that just drives me wild. So yeah. this is like, yeah, it's like it's designed for someone like me, which turns out is like a lot of people. And then you can choose oral styles that you're into, right? And so I can, you know, with that, I can connect with people and find people who have a shared interest. Um, and that really, like, I'm a human person that loves oral. So yeah, I'm going to use, I'm, you know. And then, of course, I think it's also important for me to use it, right? To see what's working, what isn't. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've had, you know, a fair few meetups and uh, I've had some great experiences. Like, yeah, really. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. That's yeah. so hot. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that because I think as women, it's important that we um, typically we don't typically in sex. It's not centered around women. Right. Mm-hmm. Typically in sex, it's kind of like okay, like you suck dick and then you have sex. And then as soon as, you know, this person is complete, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as like a penis comes, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're done having sex now. Yeah. And so I love that on the app, you can say, well, actually I'm really interested in getting pleasure. Like that's something that's very important to me. Totally. Uh, and so let's start off there. And so I think that's very much closing the orgasm gap. And I'm like, that's cool. We need that. We need that a lot. Uh, to me, that's pretty innovative. I like that. Thank you. Uh, now, now I'm like on the app. I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> I'm like maybe I need to get on there. I'm very much like uh, the opposite of you. I'm yeah, like, nice. I want to receive. I want to receive. Yes. <laughs> yes. Before we get too deep into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try this app. But I think like for me, it's kind of hard to let go of this idea of like power imbalance, mm-hmm. of like power mm-hmm. um, and letting people have access to me. So mm-hmm. I think... Um, this app is cool because it's like, well, you know, oral sex is what is important. Cause I think sometimes penetrative sex can be a lot for people and it can yeah. be a big expectation. Uh, so it's kind of cool that there's something in the middle of like just going on a normal date, having a full on hookup. And then you have like this kind of like, um, this sex positive in between. And I yeah. love that. And I love seeing this emergence of designers, you know, people who are truly designing technology who have, 
sex positivity in mind. I think like this is just like, this is a new wave. I mean, I don't think when Tinder was built that this was like part of their concept or their idea. And it doesn't, it's not a core aspect of the application. Now, I wanted to ask you, do you see yourself, like, I'm not sure what your algorithm looks like for the app. Do you see yourself using artificial intelligence one day? Do you see yourself, you know, using your data in a different way to create a better experience? Like, how do you see that happening? Yeah, yeah. So today we don't, we actually don't have a matching algorithm. And that was really intentional. Because that's, you know, there's so much bias and I just wasn't there, right? I wasn't there where I had the understanding of how to apply the principles that we have to the output. So the way it works, it's based on people who are nearby that meet the criteria that you yourself select and they, they themselves select, right? So like if you're eager to please or eager to be pleased, the other person's eager to please and, you know, you're both down with each other's gender identities, then you're going to kind of, you'll be, you'll, you'll be able to see each other. They'll be able to interact with each other. So we, we really simplified it in that way. Um, I do think that there is a place for AI. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is yet um, within within the app, whether it's in helping to like coach people, um, helping to certainly, certainly education. Um, you know, we try to build that in, in various aspects of the app and we can definitely do better. And I think AI is really exciting to me because it can, it can sort of like take in real time, like an interaction, maybe someone says something in, in a chat that they they could say like, oh, I don't understand this. You know, there's so much lack of understanding and it can just sort of like do a pop up and be like, hey, according to XYZ, um, you know, resource, that's what this means. And they can explain it in a way that that person can receive it um, in real time. So I think that to me is the is really the first foray of taking like a large language model that can go out, verify trusted sources of data, and then can take that and relay it back in a relatable way to someone um, to help them yeah. understand. Um, so that's that's really, you know, and we are we are kind of like experimenting and playing in that in that space. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the best use cases of artificial intelligence is what you guys, education and consent, you know, uh, there's these big conversations on sex robots and sex chat box and all these different things, um, which is honestly not as far away from our reality as we think it is. It's, it's practically here. It and so education is a really great, uh, exactly the way you explained it, a really great way to prompt people to have more empathy yeah. um, and to have more understanding of their own bodies and other people's bodies and their own um, experiences. So I think that's really cool. I think that's really cool for hetero. So uh, last but not least, yes. a question I always love to ask on the podcast is, what do you think the future of sex technology is? for you? Oh, that's great. Um, you know, I think, I think that I see our role, you know, again, our cornerstone value is community is our answer. And I think that for us, we're community enablers. And I think that that I, I want to create a space where we're helping our community achieve the broader thing, which is changing narrative or around sex away from stigma towards consent and safety. And I think what's exciting for me is that can take I could see that going like 20 different ways and I don't know yep. which way it's going to go. And so I think for us, our role is to listen, is to talk with our community and figure out like, what do you want collectively? What do we want to do next? Right. And so it's like this experiment, this continual experiment where the community will help guide us to where the need is greatest. And then 
we can go and say, well, you know, there, there's so many problems and like, whether it's like social media, whether it's Twitter, whether it's, um, you know, content sharing, like there's so many different areas where our sexual selves are being actively held back by technology and just flipping that and saying, well, let's create something here. Let's create something there. Let's create that next thing that really unlocks and unpacks that. Um, so I don't know exactly where it's going to be, but I do know that this is community. The community will help guide us, will help guide us as a company. Cause that's why we're here. We're here for that community. And I think of it as being like an ecosystem of communities for people that are, you know, sex positive and, and kind of like mission, mission driven. So I think, I don't know, I'm just so excited and I'm so happy to be in the space because I wake up like, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Like it's challenging, yeah. right? Like, and it, like we're, we, we all get hit in the face with, with stigma, systemic stigma every turn, but it's like, yeah, that's the thing I'm trying to change. So like, I love it. You know, I, I, I can't go back. I'm here. I'm, I love it too no, much. No, you're here. Right. You're here in the passion. I love that so much because so many people, you know, they want to create customers. When they say community, they mean customers. And so uh, I'm loving that you're really wanting to create community because that's what's going to create a product that changes people's lives. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. Um, please let us know where we can find you and follow you. Yeah, great. Um, so you can find me. My my Twitter handle is at thoughtswelcome, T-H-O-T-S, welcome. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, then um, hetero, uh, at get hetero, G-E-T-H-E-A-D-E-R-O on, on all of the socials. And then uh, hetero.com. Um, or type hetero into the app store. We spell hetero, oh, sorry. It's spelled H-E-A-D-E-R-O. We are being very tongue-in-cheek with the name, but we like tongues and cheeks on hetero. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You've been listening to Thought Leader Podcast, hosted by me, SX Noir. Please be sure to rate, review, and share with a fellow thought leader. For more details about our guests and their work, check out our links in the description. For updates, sign up for the newsletter on my Substack and follow at sx.noir on social media. This episode's recorded by Pedro Martin and edited by Ider Armez. As always, be thoughtful.